Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, I said, you're a crazy good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, my What's happening, guys? Gate 7 International. This is Adi here, rolling solo today, unless maybe somebody's going to join me. I'll open the lines up, so hopefully I'm not solo here too much longer. And we're going to chat about everything that we just saw in, uh, let's just say it was a stressful derby, to say the least. And it looks like we're going to have a couple more of those. But before we get started, boys and girls, if you haven't done so already, guys, hit that like button real quick. I'll give you about five seconds. That's all it should take to hit that button in the bottom right corner. Every engagement helps us continue to grow the show and expand the red and white community worldwide. There are Libyakos fans everywhere Uh, we went through the data on the podcast Uh, we told you guys about it months ago 90 countries have tuned into this podcast over 90 countries it's incredible stuff so help us continue to find everybody in the other countries that haven't tuned in and the other ones that haven't checked us out let's make more alibiakos fans worldwide and grow this thing so hit that button hit the like button subscribe if you don't already and ring the bell if you want to be notified anytime we go live. Uh, the last of the deep dives went up, I guess it was yesterday, or sorry, two days ago. Uh, Zimer Bututsi, uh, that was the second of the deadline day signings that were done, uh, both for him and Sergi Canos. You got to see a little bit of Canos today. So if you have any questions or you want to take a look at him, go ahead, boys. Check them out. Boys and girls, we do have some girls that tune in as well. And let me know what you think. I love getting your feedback. And let me know if you guys want to see anything else during those deep dives. I change them because of the feedback you give me. So every new thing you see, it's because it's feedback from stuff you guys have told me. So check all of that out and help us continue to grow this channel. Uh, First sponsor of the night, as always, ship with our friends from Piraeus International. You have things going from Greece that need to go somewhere else. You have things from the United States, England, Australia, wherever that need to go to Greece, check out our friends at Piraeus International. Visit the website www.piraeusintl.com. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 and see how our friends can help you. And lastly, for you betting guys out there, Champions League's getting started, which means betting time. Uh, Just like we did with the World Cup, it was pretty popular with a lot of you. I had a lot of people... Uh, telling me their betting tips. We're going to do the same thing. So if you are looking to get started, uh, you don't already bet with anybody, you're trying to get started um, and you don't know what to do, check out betus.com.pa. Use our promo code and they will match your deposit 125%. So if you put in a hundred bucks, they'll give you 225. Uh, It's a nice match and their odds are really aggressive. Very great odds. We talked about them during the World Cup. I will continue to talk about them for the Champions League as well. So the promo code is GATE7INTL, that's in all caps, and enter that code after you set up your account and make your first deposit to take advantage of that promotion. 
All right, let's get into it. Everybody is checking in here. I love it. I love it. Manos, how are you doing, buddy? I'll translate this real quick for you guys. Uh, we need to see Olympiacos. We've been patiently waiting for over one and a half years. You're not kidding, Manos. And we hope that they will that we will return at some point. Yeah, buddy. I I hope so too. From Jas Gray here. Yeah, when when Masuras and Oleg, when you see them, we don't see uh I, I don't have a better translation than the white days. <laughs> I like that. Asprimela. Asprimela. I like that, Joss Gray. Everybody checking in. TF91, good to see you too, buddy. Good to see everyone. Vagulus 12. Oh, everyone's checking in. I love it. I love it. I love it. Gus Drax here, my man with the guitar. Good evening, Adi. Bad performance today. Baskalakis and Socrates being our best players. Yeah, we're going to get into all of that, guys. But before, I wanted to touch on something really quick because I found this whole situation to be pretty hilarious. Uh, Atromeros versus Ike was postponed. Uh, I'm sure everybody saw it. It was. I've been seeing people making fun of this thing all over the place. Um uh, Chris Coleman's wife actually got into some of the commentary a little bit on Twitter. Basically, from what I've seen now, of course, after the match, after the Libyakos match, reading everybody's everybody's articles about it, what happened was it looked like um, there were complaints actually about the goalpost being uneven. And, and at one side, apparently, it was like one centimeter too large. And then I guess when uh, Atromidos tried to fix it, it, that was like a few centimeters too short. So then I guess they postponed the game. Make of that what you will. I'm not going to make a mountain out of a molehill here. Uh, I, I do find it a little bit hilarious. I find the timing a little bit interesting as well, but we're not going to touch on that too much. But uh, as it stands, that could, if the game is awarded, apparently uh, because of this and because of Atromeros not being ready for the game, this is something that could see Ike awarded three points, um, a free three points basically. And of course, a closer clinch to first place going into the playoffs. So we'll see how that pans out. But what we're here always to do, guys, is to focus on us, focus on what we did and what went wrong. And it was a 0-0 in Tumbo. Always tough when we go there. Always tough when we play against Balk. But there's a lot of questions. Uh, if you looked on social media afterwards, actually looking at some of your <laughs> some of the comments here, you would have thought that this was a loss. And I understand why, because with playoffs coming up, with the the way that things were, it really made you feel a little bit worried about the playoffs. I mean, here we are. We talked about how running three tens and the system we've been running, it's sure it was working against the, the bottom feeders of the league, the mid-table teams of the league. But once we got to the big teams, the concern was, is this is can we do this in the postseason? Is this something that we can use against the bigger teams? And we saw against Adis, not it was tough. Sure, we had the victories, uh, a draw and two victories against Adis, but it wasn't easy, and it didn't look good. Well, here we go against Balk. You know, again another really tough, tough, tough opponent. Not the best opponent I believe in the league so far, but uh, a very tough one. And look what happened. Kind of looking back on what we saw in the match, you know, in the first half, we didn't do ourselves any favors. Uh, if you look, if if you guys look, uh, we were kind of messaging this on social media as well. We kind of started off, I, I, 
I want to say a mid block, but it wasn't. It was a little bit lower than a mid block. It, we were we were kind of sitting when Bach was getting forward. There were times we were sitting deep in our half, which was which was weird. I I've never known Olympiacos to be like that against a Greek team, any Greek team for that matter. Doesn't matter when. And we didn't do ourselves any favors. I mean, we were letting them come in deep. We weren't really going after the ball that much. And they were really taking it to us. In the first 10 minutes, I think Balk had it was about almost three or four shots on frame. And they were scary shots. A couple of them in which Baskalakis had to bail us out. Good, Another great game from Baskalakis. Uh, a worrying trend when your goalkeeper is arguably man of the match for two games in a row. We'll get, we'll get to the man of the match stuff later. But we... We really didn't do ourselves any favors in the first 10, maybe 13 minutes. Now, we started to kind of hold the ball a little bit better, get the ball forward, and then even press a little bit better after those first 13, 15 minutes. And it gave us a little bit of breathing room. When we saw when we were getting forward with the ball, when we were pressing them and elevating players off the pitch they were making mistakes and it really seemed like you know in the in the middle 20 you know 20 20 sorry 25 30th minute and maybe a little bit after that we finally started to get somewhere and it really felt like if we had made a couple of positive changes going into halftime or after halftime that maybe we could have turned this around but then of course in the second half it was a little bit more of the same Bob continued to have opportunities and at, at at one point, we just it, it literally just seemed like Michelle just was ready to. It doesn't seem like it. It was he shut up shop and was happy to just get the draw, and that was really how the context of the game was. And I want to read a, a comment because I've already seen comments like it. This one, this was a comment from uh, uh, I think the at was Bayesian logic here. Um, I'm just going to pull it up real quick for you guys. This one, this one really made me chuckle. Um, and so it was from Bayesian logic. I don't know how to, it, it's a Bayesian theorem, Bayesian underscore logic, but he said, we are doing excellently considering that our left side, Oleg and Masuras are doing everything in their power to either help box offense or turn off ours. I'm sorry, guys, that just made me chuckle. So I had to share that with you. Um, Bayesian logic. If you are in the comments here, go ahead and, and chime in my friend. Uh, that, that was hilarious, but yeah, it was more the same from Oleg and Masuras. Uh, you know, unfortunately I can't really say that Pep Biel did much better on the other side. Masuras maybe didn't do anything with the opportunities he had. He wasted every single one of them. Anything we did, uh, maybe he had a lot of back passes, uh, but at least he had some. Biel, it, he tracked back a little bit, but man, I, I struggled to find a lot of positivity coming from his side as well. Th this whole this whole issue with the wingers that we have is really, 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 it's troubling. It's troubling. And it concerns me. This whole thing concerns me moving forward because I don't know how this is going to go when we get to the playoffs. I mean, this is a team, and we've talked about this before. I've talked about this with you guys. I know Costa's brought it up. A couple people have brought it up. A lot of people have brought it up on social media. People have brought it up in our comments on other shows in the past. We are a team right now that doesn't have a concerted style of play. And if you disagree with me, please, by all means, Enter your opinion here. In fact, before I forget, uh, now that we've gone through kind of like the major points with some of the post-match I wanted to get into, 
uh, a summary of the game that is. I'm going to drop the link here. So if any of you want to share some of your thoughts with me live, uh, the link is here. Join me. We can have a chat. That way I don't have to talk this whole time myself. Uh, it would be lovely. But if not, no, no pressure. You come on here if you're feeling it. Yeah, if not, no big deal. You'll just have to listen to me talk the whole time. But these games, it doesn't seem like when we play, especially better opposition, that we have a concerted game plan. It feels like we're always just reacting to whatever the game plan is against us. And anything that happens is usually a result of individual efforts. Like today, James Rodriguez, so the best opportunities, the best the best balls going into the penalty area, the, the, the most meaningful transitions into the final third were all coming from James. Beautiful through balls. I mean, amazing strikes from over 25 meters. I mean, that was that was our those were opportunities today. What I think we had one shot on target all game. While Bach had almost, you know, 20 shots. What was it? About 10 on target. I'll consult sofa score for that in a second. But God, that's not good. Even a way to Bauk, this isn't. Just like Manos's first comment that I read, this isn't a Libyakos. This is, we've been waiting one and a half years for a Libyakos that can that can start to play ball and, and dominate people any part of the field. No, this is this is a different animal. This is a wholly different animal here. So the concern is what's going to happen when we get to the playoffs? Hell, we won't even look that far ahead. What's going to happen against Ike? We have Ike coming up in the Kipelo. Are we going to survive two legs against Ike like this? Do Are our individuals going to be good enough to propel something against Ike, who, if you guys remember, dominated us in our castle? Unheard of. Is Are we... Are we going to be able to do this over two legs against Ike, let alone face them another two times in the playoffs, deal with Balk again? I'm not so much wor as worried about Bonathinaikos. I'm worried about Balk and Ike. Balk looked like a better team than us. They really did. Ike is a better team than us. We have better players. We do. We have better talent on this team, but we are not a – we are not – a top five team. And if this is how we're going to play against the top, the top guys going into the playoffs, going into the cup guys, this is not even a second place finish. This is a third place finish. We're looking at comment here from dare profi. Diga. We played like Yonikos. We will not win the league with this, with this defense. I actually think the way that in a manner that we absorb pressure, wasn't half bad. I mean, again, a lot of credit has to go to Pascalakis for, I, maybe he didn't have amazing saves like he did the other week, but he had some very important saves. And he he was solid for us. And you can say without him, maybe we eat a goal or two. So uh, TF91 here, terrible subs today. Could have won the game even though we had a really bad beginning. I will get into that too. I wasn't a huge I wasn't a huge fan of Michelle substitutions. The first one, I okay, yeah, you know, you bring a winger on. Uh, we see Sergi Canos come on, which I thought was uh, a good sub. I didn't expect him really to do that much because he hasn't been with the team very long. And given, for those of you that may have watched the deep dive, given that this guy's not like a one-on-one -on -one hero, I wasn't expecting too much out of him except maybe 
some good hustle and perhaps a finishing touch. I wasn't expecting that much out of him at all. Um, but then the then the subs get a little weird. So we we bring on Sergio Canos, and then then we bring on we we do a uh, uh, um, like a, a a double sub. Well, sorry, before the double sub. We bring on Yusef Al-Arabi for Bakambu, which I understand that. You know, Bakambu was kind of struggling. Um, any ball Hame sent him through, he just wasn't able to connect. And and unfortunately, we just couldn't get a lot out of uh, Cedric Bakambu today. The the number of opportunities and balls that were played maybe overhit. Uh, he, he just couldn't get much going. I think... You know, he probably lost the ball as much as as much as he passed the ball today, which is never really a, a great sign, even when you're considering a striker. But going back to the subs, so after you sub Bakambu out for, for El Arabi, again, which is a move I, I understand, it did make sort of sense. I wanted to see maybe a, a, another winger, but we had the double sub. And in the double sub, we saw he brings in uh, uh, Samaseku for James Rodriguez, okay? and he takes off Pepiel for Ramon, our left back. So here you go. Okay, you have both of our tens, or you know, ideally our more creative guys, and you're you're taking them out. One, you're you're stacking us with more defensive players, and 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 now you're putting our left back to play a, a young project left back. By the way, you're bringing out to play left wing. I mean, I. <sighs> At that point, it was very clear to me that Michelle was happy with the draw. Why Costas Fortunis wasn't included, I'm not aware, or nor was I informed of any injury that he had. Why he wasn't on the bench, maybe we could have probably used some creativity from him. Couldn't tell you. Uh, why we didn't see Zimer Pututzi thrown on. I mean, in a game where you, you were screaming for somebody to go at box defense who is not that good and and maybe make a quality chance, why wouldn't you bring him on? You threw Sergio Canos on. Why, why not Pututzi? I don't get it. Vabuena was on the bench too. Vabuena, guys, he still leads this team when it comes to key passes, balls on the penalty area per 90 minutes. Think what you want. He falls. He does this. He does that. Valbuena is a key, is a key contributor in terms of these types of balls going into the opponent's penalty area, whether you like it or not. That's just how it is. This is the this is the data. It's it's very very interesting times right now to be an Olympiacos fan. Uh, oh, uh, Chuck Curdy, uh, Balk fan actually that engages with us a lot on Twitter. We'll get an opinion from him as a Balk fan. I know this will come across as bias, but Balk should probably should have won, but credit to Olympiacos for making most of Balk shot attempts, pretty weak ones. Look, man, when I put out the, the data for the XG tomorrow, I have, I guarantee Olympiacos is probably going to be under one. Maybe it'll be 1.2 where Balk will be closer to two or three. That doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me at all. Olympiacos worldwide here. They kept pressing high. We couldn't move the ball quickly enough between the lines, and pretty much that killed us offensively. After such a bad performance, the draw was the best result we could get. Yeah. You are 100% right, my friend. That's why we say at least it wasn't a loss. But this is 100% right. I mean, I we brought up in the halftime tweet 
that we were very careless in possession. I mean, you press us high just a little bit and we, we kind of fall apart possession wise. I mean, some people just lose the ball like crazy. We boot the ball up field. And this is why I tell you guys, sometimes I, I struggle to see a real game plan because when we get pressed, I don't see concerted movements to help alleviate. I see players kind of just going any which way. If they want the ball, they come get the ball. I don't see a pattern of movement that tells me there's a game plan. I don't see a pattern of people going wide, checking in. If you guys remember when we talked about Corbaran and his tactics, there the there was the rotating movement. Now, we were playing bad in, just in general, and transitioning to the final third was was tough. May, you, know, you could argue Corbaran needed more, maybe more uh, time with the team. Uh, who knows? The, the thing now is that we, I can't see a game plan. It is very tough with me to see a real game plan with this team. It really is. It looks like a team of individuals, just like the previous banner said, running around, doing what they can, getting motivated by Michelle and trying to do whatever they can to win games. It's, it's very tough. And we're seeing a lot of this. Look at my eyes, DC. Hashtag Michelle. I've been seeing that on socials. Been seeing it, and I'm going to be. Um, I'm on. I'm in agreement right here with Jas Gray. No point of firing him at this point. Leave after the end of the season, guys. What good is firing another coach going to do? Unless you're bringing in the coach that you're going to stick with until summer and let him build over the summer. There's no point. Michelle's here to try and salvage a season. He's already probably done better than any of us would have expected in that regard. Trying to get the team, you know, picking up, coming out of the new year, winning, not the heart, not losing a game. It's the, all of this is, we can say maybe a little bit better than expected back then, but it's frustrating for a lot of people that still have the expectation, the Olympiacos expectation to win the title, because we still expect that. Everyone wants this to be the, the major comeback. Everyone wants to believe that we can do this, that we can come back, that we can do all of this. So I, I, I'm with Jas Gray there. You know, we, we gotta, we gotta let it, we gotta see what happens, let him finish this. And, but 100%, I, I do not believe Michelle is the, the coach that can take this team after this season. I think we need a new project. It's got to start from the beginning and build over the summer. We we need a little, a, a definitely a new, a new project here. A couple more comments here. Uh, I, I'm going to try and get to as many of your comments as I can, guys. Efthimis uh, Bop, one cannot contradict football logic. While people are comfortable blaming everything on Oleg and Masuras, Senor Michel still insists on a midfield in which one guy runs while the other two walk. The the setup today. Well, I, I'm going to put it this way. I hear what you're saying, and I know who you're pointing this at. The first one is obviously James Rodriguez. The guy can't run as much as, as you know, other guys can, we should say. Imbam Huang is the one going box to box. Yanam Villa can move up and down the pitch, but since he's been at Olympiacos, his role, doesn't matter what coach is here, has been more or less the same. He is an anchor. He's a pivot point between the defense and everybody else moving forward. So that shouldn't surprise anybody by now because when he wasn't playing and Bukhalakis was playing, it was more or less the same thing. That's why you couldn't have those two on the position at the same time. They occupied the same spaces. So, But I, I get what you're saying, 
And with Hamas, there isn't a lot of movement, and that frustrates a lot of people. But at the same time, Hamas, he's somebody said in our in our WhatsApp chat um, uh, between the other hosts that Hamas is as much a blessing as he is a curse. And I'm going to elaborate on that uh, because it, with this comment here that you see from Ephthemes, it it makes it makes a lot of sense because he was arguably the only creative aspect of anything going into the final third of the penalty area today, whether it was a shot or him playing a ball into Bakambu. But he also can't move. He doesn't run or move as fast as we would like him. He's not as mobile. And then we end up moving a guy like Pep Biel over to the wing where he's much less effective. He's much more effective either sitting behind the striker or as a false nine. So it is it is frustrating. It is frustrating. Um and I know I, I've seen people, I've seen a lot of people calling for Samaseku and saying maybe Samaseku needs to be playing a little bit more. Samaseku, again, is not a like for like from Mvila. He's he's a traditional six. I don't see a lot of the like the long ball like the the distribution mechanics that Jan Mvila has, which a lot of us take for granted. It's uh it's very if yeah, it's tough. It's tough, guys. Uh, some more some more comments coming in here. I mean, they're flying in. Uh, if I miss your comments, guys, I'm sorry. They're coming in pretty fast. Uh, Vagulas12, done better against freaking Pasyanina, Asteras, and all of these teams. Really? The real games are the derbies. If we can't win those, we can't win the league. <sighs> uh, the um, Vagulas, I will say that the... Um, At we the comparison at the very least the improvement is that in the first half of the season we couldn't even do anything to those teams either. We were struggling against everybody. It, we couldn't make anything look easy. At least now, okay, we can beat the teams that need to be beaten, which I guess that's an improvement. But you're hundred percent right. We have to figure something out about these derbies because if we don't do if we don't figure this out, there's forget first place, forget second place. I mean. <sighs> I wouldn't even say third place is on the table at that point. Spiros Neradzis, first round we should have won, but we lost two to one. Nah, that's fair. But that's because Bach had a bit of a disaster season to start with too. Difference is they've put it together also, and they're putting it together, and they look more like a team than we do currently. Bango 7, we couldn't handle the press. We couldn't string together passes. Even our... Protagonistes this year, like Envila Huang, somehow not prepared up to win. See, that's an interesting comment too, because I had we were having a similar discussion as well about uh, Huang and Baum the last couple of games. Maybe haven't been at his best, or at least I should say up to the standard he's gotten us used to. Because since he came in, he was one of the best guys on the field. And yeah, he did look a little off pace today. At one point uh, after that double sub, he was kind of pushed further up as a 10 on the pitch. I'm not sure how I felt about him there, but yeah, that was uh that was a, a very, very interesting, very interesting comment. A um, couple more. Uh, I, oh my God. So many, uh, so many comments coming in here. Look at my, so the conclusion that Masuras and Retro play fine, we should blame the players around them. <laughs> Roger. Oh, there's some comments going on in the chat here. No, um, not many people played fine today. 
Uh, well, I mean, maybe that's the conclusion conclusion Michelle takes because Michelle's the one that's continuing to play them over and over again. I think this is a, a reply to the previous comment about um, somebody more tongue in cheek talking about how everyone blames Masuras and Rebchuk. With Masuras, guys, I'm going to remind you all something. And I don't know if you guys saw the data that we put about big scoring chances. Masuras actually has, when it comes to big scoring chances, which are any opportunity that generates XG that is 0.2 or over. That is what constitutes a big scoring chance from Y Scout. So of the of the individuals that get the big scoring chances, he doesn't get the most, obviously, but when he gets those big scoring chances, he actually does have the highest conversion rate in terms of a percentage than anybody else on the team. Uh, you look at guys like El Arabi and, and Cedric Bakambu who have gotten the most of the big the big scoring opportunities. They're forwards, it makes sense. But their conversion rate, Bakambu's especially, is um, not as good as we would like. Similarly to Pep Biel, who has missed a lot of big scoring chances, and something that has irritated a lot of people, especially because we we paid such a high, such a high price tag for him. Um, there's uh, some more comments coming in here, guys. Again, I'm I'm going to get to as many of these as I can. Um, Trying to get through all these, see who I can go through first. Uh, if Themis Bop here, dreading the showdown against Ike. I brought that up a little bit earlier, man. You and me both. You and me both. Manos G7. Isn't it weird that this bad side of Olympiacos has lost only one derby? I'm counting the away game versus Aris with Corbett on. And actually, we dominated the two out of four games, Bow away and Bauk at home. Yeah, well... You're absolutely right. Yeah. Things, I guess, in that in that respect could get a little bit worse. That's that's hundred percent true. And yeah, we did the the game against Bonatinacos was still a little bit more of a uh a travesty in that respect, especially given all the stuff that happened. But yeah, uh there it's this team has I still believe this team has the pieces to to become at least a great team uh, team to finish the season and and win the title. I think we can do it. The, the the pieces are there. I think we made some great additions. If you listen to the deep dives, I, I honestly believe three out of those four additions are going to contribute. I mean, hell, one of them already has. Rodine has already contributed to this team, even today. Some of our most meaningful, progressive buildups and progressive moments of possession involved Rodine. Getting forward, running at people with the ball, things that we all wish Oleg would do. I mean, you you look at Rodinay and Oleg playing at the same time, and it's it's two polar opposites in terms of offensive intent with the ball. So, more power, more power to to Rodinay as well. But again, outside of him, Sergi Canos, uh, there was a comment about him from somebody earlier. This guy is, uh, if I had to relate him to anybody, it would be closer to like uh, a David Fuster or even Lazaros, uh, Christodoulopoulos. Like I think something similar like that. He's not super fancy, but his end product's pretty good and he runs all day and he gets the job done. There's uh so, but he's not a guy that I think can win you a game on his own. Not like that, but he definitely can play a role. He's going to give you plenty of energy and can usually finish what's in front of him. I, that's why I'm so surprised where maybe we didn't, he didn't just throw on just for shits and giggles to see Zimer Putuzzi. That's more of a guy where on a good day, looks like he can do anything he's exciting he's exciting to watch inconsistent at times yeah 
had pretty good numbers last year, maybe not such good this year. But if you guys look at the data from the deep dive, I mean, the stuff that we need out of a winger that we didn't get from Josh Baller, that we didn't get from Comrade De La Fuente, that we didn't get from, well, I guess Abubakar Kamara is more of a, a striker, so we're not going to count him. But but things that we didn't get from any of our wingers, he looks like somebody that we can maybe get that out of. So that's why I'm surprised we didn't see him. Maybe he wasn't ready. Maybe Michelle was worried about health or something. Who knows? Um, more comments coming in here. Pango seven, not to take away uh, that their parenthesis and Vila and Huang, both superb players, but the fact that even they look poor today says something about how we prepared for an approach today. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. And if nothing else, I think today showed that this team maybe isn't as lion-hearted as we as we've become accustomed to Olympiacos being in these derbies. Because especially in that first half, we played scared. We did. There's respect and there's scared. Respect is not taking a lot of chances. Respect is being cautious. But going deep, low block, mid to low block is scared. Panicking under pressure giving the ball away a lot, just kicking the ball, passing it back to the center back and launching it up the field, scared, disrupted, uncomfortable. That's what today was. And that's not good. That's not good. The The unfortunate thing is, is Bach, we, I, we can even say over the course of the last maybe a couple of years. Well, this last season with Pedro Martins and maybe even this season, um, Luchescu, at least right now, has the mental edge over us. And he's going to play all those games, be the loud mouth. We, it's on us to get that lion heart, that lion instinct back so that we can shove that back down his throat. Because uh, there's not, I don't think there's another coach that really irks me like Luchescu. Luchescu is one of the worst for me. Ugh. He annoys me more than anybody else, but that's good. You know, that's what you want in a coach because it, it takes some of that off of your players. So, well, uh, we have to, we're going to have to see what's going to happen in the future with that. Um, we've kind of, we, we've already broached this topic a little bit, um, but today was another day that, that this team was exposed by that width. You guys have already broke, brought up uh, Masuras and Oleg. I don't even have to talk about that that much anymore. Everybody already. You have it's the same brigade of people that defend him, and it's the same people that don't like him. You're not nobody's opinion is going to change. At this point, it is what it is. Oleg is who he is. You either accept it or you don't. Masuras is who he is. You either accept that or you don't. Both of them have context with which they can succeed, and neither one right now is getting. We're, we're getting the best use out of. Uh, Oleg, I don't think, is right now in his current state as a fullback in Olympiacos. Not an Olympiacos quality fullback, but uh, an Olympiacos fullback with the mentality that we want in a wingback. Forward momentum, like kind of what we saw Ramon do, like, or not Ramon, sorry, Rodine, how we see him get forward so much. Something like that. Olympiacos Worldwide, when you play Masuras, there are two possibilities of what you can get. A, goals, or B, nothing. You must have listened to us, and you must have been here since last year, because this is exactly what we talked about with Masuras. Look at Patrick Kasky's. I'm going to link it to again in the website. Uh, Patrick Kasky did. 
he's one of our contributors. He he writes for us once in a while. Uh, also watches league back us for basketball, Euroleague basket. He wrote a great analysis piece on Yorgos Masuras last year, and Yorgos Masuras was him was the one of the weirdest cases of a winger of a winger slash striker that he'd seen because he's playing out here on the wing and he exhibits none of the qualities of a of a modern winger at all. He actually Masuras's end product. The volume of touches he gets inside the penalty area, the runs he makes to get by defenders, his ability to track back, his willingness to track back. He's in very good shape, very good physical shape, runs all day. All things that can be, if used correctly, fantastic. There's a reason why he had that success last year and then even the, the year before that. But we don't employ any of that. We don't employ any of those things, any of those tactics to get the best out of them right now, which is why you don't see it. And all we can hope for going forward, quite literally, the only thing that's really changed now is, aside from the fact that we have a, a, a one decent fullback, a good right back in Rodine who can get forward, Ramon, I don't expect much out of him, uh, but at least somebody that's very aggressive, as you've seen. But we have two wingers that are offer us something different than what we have right now. Gary Rodriguez was something we hoped uh, if he stayed healthy could be a little bit more of that one-on-one. Uh, take a guy on, which he has done, but he's just been in a really bad run of form. And he's, it's, Whether it's inconsistency or injury, you can't rely on him. So we have to move on from him. Hopefully, Zimera Butuzzi can be that guy. If you saw the deep dive, he has what it takes. Uh, let's just see if he can put it together in Greece. But uh, so we haven't had a Sergi Canos style. I, I guess you could say he's more like, he is probably closer to Masuras if we had to compare him to somebody on the team now. So um, I, maybe a more passionate Masuras. Uh, comment here coming in from Ahira Mazda. I don't think this is 100% fair for Masuras. He's the only player that presses high, makes great runs, and also helps in defense. I brought that up. That's That's why he plays. Because of those things. That's why Pedro Martins used him, ran him into the ground for those reasons. Presses high, makes great runs, and helps in the defense. Yeah. But there's two parts of this. Yeah, you can make great runs, 100%. But if you don't do anything when you make those great runs, what's, what's the value there? Making the run is the harder part. But if you can't do the easier part, which is actually finish or get end product out of that run, that does us no good. The, the, the defensive stuff helps. The pressing high helps. And it's I, I agree with you that that's undervalued. People, people kind of just expect that these days, and they don't place as much value as they should. But when the team's problem is getting into the final third and end product end product's been a problem. Even since the new year, when we've been playing very well, the value proposition declines with a player like Masuras. So when he's out of form and not able to finish, it makes his value proposition less, but I understand the comment hundred percent. Bango seven coming in here again. Ari, I wonder if you think the lack of width contributed to us not being able to escape the press uh, slash possession today, or do you think there is something else that can explain this confidence, et cetera? Uh, I, I do think 
the lack of width hurts. See, here's the thing. If if you're wingers, you get them the ball. Like, how many times did it happen today? We were making a stride out of the back. The ball gets played up. We're finally making headway out of our own half of the field. Getting forward, getting forward, getting forward. You play it to the winger, pass backward, restart. How many times did that happen on the left side? Whether it was Oleg or whether it was Masuras going down the left side. How many times? Oh, we're going to get forward, get it forward. Oh, stop, pass back. Not that it didn't happen on Pepiel's side because it did. He didn't do that much either. But that is a huge momentum killer. Even, even if you play semi-pro. Even if you're not playing in a professional level, like how does and you play just recreationally with your friends. If you have a if you have a guy that's that you're getting the ball out to and he doesn't do anything with it every time, it 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 damages your morale a little bit, and it makes you less likely to want to play the ball because you're like it's just going to come back to me anyway. It kills momentum. It's not a good thing. You need somebody that you can that can that can do something with the ball going forward. It isn't just going to come back all the time. It isn't going to lose it every time either. So yeah. Going back to this question here, yes, that I think that's part of it. There, but there's a lot of things here because our midfield was our midfield was also a little porous too. Uh, I mean, dur- during the first part of the game today, I mean, it was it we, you could anybody was coming through the midfield. So I don't I I don't want it to say like I don't want you guys to think that other aspects of the team today were great because they were not. There were not a lot of great parts of this team. There were a couple, there were a few people, a few individuals that had solid games, all things considered, and the rest were probably could have uh, um, done more. The this is more. It's just we we kind of went on this tangent more or less with the wingers and the Masuras thing. Masuras in particular, because when you have a player, and it's kind of similar when you think of El Arabi as well. Um, with El Arabi, we brought up that like what added to his value proposition was the fact that he held up the ball really well. And when he holds up the ball well and he's not scoring, you don't care as much that he's not scoring because he's still doing something else. Well, Masuras, outside of what he does defensively, there's not much else he does offensively. So if he's not scoring goals, it's like a Hassan type. It's like a Hassan outlook. If he's not scoring, he's not doing much for you. You you don't like what he's doing. You don't like the product out on the pitch. That's more of the what we're getting at with the issue with with Masuras. Yorgos Mazzuri is here. Apart from maybe Fortuny, we have absolutely no one else who offers the creativity that James offers. Why people single him out over the other obvious weak points in this team, I will never understand. I think, uh, I, and again, I'm not I'm not going to speak for the other hosts because I know like my my colleagues have some of some their own opinions about James and about how how he's slow, but. Creatively, I I agree with you 100%. But again, everybody wants more from the 10 than just somebody that creates these days. Uh, people want more, a lot more movement. But again, that's why I brought up that in in that respect, Hamas is as is a is a blessing as well as a curse in that because he doesn't move around. But the only creativity got was from him today. I mean, I have seen people on social media going in on Hamas and. That for the context of today's game, I don't understand that because you got you're right. He, like I said earlier, he our best chances, our best opportunities going into the final third into the penalty area were around Hamas, including his long range shots. He wasn't a problem. He wasn't the problem for me today. Um, not even, not even close. Um, River RR name any winger that has had more goals than Masuras in the previous seasons, and if you bring players like Conrad and Bowler, he has no competition 
I would have to go into, but not Masuras his previous his last season, especially like the early part. I mean, he was scoring goals like crazy. I mean, the team had problems, uh, which a lot of uh people will bring up constantly. Maybe if the team was playing better, Masuras wouldn't have been as heavily involved. Regardless, he scored a lot of goals. And that that's what you that's his value right there. Get him in the box, let him take shots, and see what happens. Conrad and Bowler, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you guys about. I, I told you Josh Bowler did not, I did not see great game IQ from him. I didn't see, Vladimir Weiss 2.0 is what I called him, so that didn't surprise me. Conrad De La Fuente, maybe because he was U.S. national, I hoped for more, but that one was disappointing. Really, it was those two misses at Volos that killed his career here. That's the unfortunate part. So, but yeah, the, I mean, kind of going back to what, uh, Yorgos Mutsuri says the the Fortunis thing still bothers me a little bit. A team that starved from create from creativity and you bench him, but who knows anymore? I count. I thought Fortunis Fortunis was done. He came back. It looked like we were going to see the the comeback, the Fortunis comeback, and now it's back. Who knows, man? I don't have the I don't have the strength anymore to deal with the the ins and outs of this Fortunis stuff. Comrade at last, Balk played better. I am glad for the draw. It's not a loss, my friend. It is not a loss. I mean, in a way, the draw didn't really do anybody any favors because Ike, uh, Ike's probably going to get three points, and then that's going to push them even. What will that? What will that put them at now? Seven points ahead of us. Yeah, there. Yeah, I got the table up right here. So Panathinaikos, as it stands, they're five points ahead of us, and Ike, if they get the free three points, they will be seven points ahead. So nothing to. Nothing that's season-ending, of course, but it does make the job just a little bit harder. And for those of you, I did see that we did get some questions about Costa and about whether whether or not he was injured. Uh, he wasn't injured. We had no information. I brought this up earlier. There, there was no information that we received that he was injured in any way, shape, or form. So what's going on there is beyond us, but if we get any information, as always, guys, we will inform you and let you all know. So we're coming on just over 45 minutes here. I'm rolling solo. So we're going to start closing up and we'll get started with that last segment. Man of the match, coaches, great guys. Those of you that are in the chat, drop your man of the match and give me your coaches. Great. I want to see what you guys are saying. I'll give you my opinion, but I want to hear yours as well. Drop them. Drop them in there and let us know who your man of the match was today. I have a feeling it's going to be the same one. Um, Gosta is usually the one that does the polls for, for YouTube. I always forget how to do it. So just drop in your comments. Let me know who you guys like. Uh, I th Again, I think I know you guys probably agree with me in this respect, but my man of the match today is going to be Pascal Aikis. Uh, usually I always tell you guys who's the guy that put us in the best position to win. And for me, the I don't think anybody really put us in the best position to win outside of maybe Hamas with his key balls. But Baskalakis did, of course, probably the most to keep us where we were. And I'm not going to be surprised if when I look at the stats tomorrow, Balk has an XG that's close to three. Maybe at the very least, I'll say over two because they had a couple of very tight chances. And uh, yeah, some of you coming in. Look, Pascal Lackey seems to be the uh, 
uh, uh, this is two times in a row now, guys. Like, how great? What does that tell you? Two games in a row when your MVP is the goalie. It's not good, but good. Again, hats off to him. I'm I'm eating my words. I wasn't excited about Olibiako signing him. He's proved me wrong, and I'm I'm so happy for it. It never feels bad to be proven wrong like this when you have a player that does it in such spectacular fashion. So I love it. Absolutely love it. Now, the coach is great for me. He's definitely not going to be a good one. I, I will say, though, I didn't necessarily – I wasn't super upset with how the game started because, I, you know, you can't expect somebody to do anything drastic. I didn't expect any of the new wingers to start. I didn't expect to see anything crazy. And we saw, you know, kind of what we saw before. We saw um, th- the same back line, Rodine, uh, you know, who's been an instant impact since he's joined. Oleg, he's not going anywhere. In Vila, Huang and Baum. And Baum, as I mentioned to you guys before, has probably been, uh, of the summer signings, probably, if not the best signing we've made over the summer, one of them. And James Rodriguez, same, you know, that, that same midfield trio. And then Pep Biel on the right, which has been the same pretty much since the new year started. Masuras has started now. I think this is the third game in a row that he has started on that left side with Bakambu up front. So no changes, really. And I expected that. Uh, it was kind of a toss-up maybe if we'd see the three tens, But since that spectacularly did not do well against Aris, well, no surprise we didn't see it. But what again, what bothered me was really the changes, the things, because he didn't change really much that seemed to have an effect on anything. I mean, the again, the Sergio Canos change, I, I, I understood that. You brought in one of the new wingers, why not? El Arabi changed for Bakambu, I get it. I get that too. Bakambu wasn't doing too well, you're going to bring another guy on. But the, the changes after that and why he didn't maybe bring on Zimer Bututsi is is another one that's beyond me. At, th- at that point, let, let's see something. You don't have Costas Fortuny, so we don't have a lot of creative options on the bench as it is. You brought on Valbuena. You have Valbuena in the team, who is a leader. I brought it up earlier in the show. I'm going to say it again. A leader when it comes to any kind of service in the penalty area of the final third. You left him on the bench too. You brought on another defensive midfielder to pack it in. And you brought on... Uh, Ramon out of position at the at the wing, pushing him up. I hate seeing us repurpose fullbacks as wing. It's really it's really getting old. So I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Michel for this game. Uh, I'm giving him a D. I don't think this was a very well managed game. C minus D. That's where I'm at uh, with how the game was. And the and I understand full well. Tumba is a very difficult place to play. It is difficult. It sucks. Coming out with a point, it's it's better than I expected, at least. I, I thought we were going to get trashed when we went to Tuba. I'm going to be honest with you guys. They were a better team mentality-wise. I think they have a stronger mentality than we do. I, I was not feeling good about this game. So a draw is better than I expected, but it's still not what we needed. Uh, a couple more of you guys putting your, your uh, man of the match choices. It pretty much is a resounding C, C minus F. Here, I'll start. I'll just start pulling it up. Costa uh, Dinos, Stefano Kudis. Give us your coaching grade too, buddy. You left that one out. Pascalakis, Achilleas Beos, Pascalakis. I hear Mazda Pascalakis in a C for Michelle. Comrade Elas, Pascalakis saved a lot of chances. I think that's a good MVP choice. I'm with you there, buddy. Give me your coach's grade too, guys. Oh, here we go. Costa Dino, F. 
<laughs> I'm not going to disagree with that, my friend. That's not a bad shout. Uh, Pongo7, Basca, I like his C-minus, D-plus. I like that too. Uh, TF91, I think they had the momentum, but certainly not a better team. Um, I guess we'll agree to disagree with there, man. I think they're better. They're definitely better than the sum of their parts. That's for sure. And they played with purpose. They definitely, they had a plan. They had a game plan. Their game plan was to press us, choke us out. And it worked. They knew that they could disrupt our rhythm and they did it. They got very physical with us. I think, I think it worked. But uh, as far as individuals are concerned, we have more talent on this team. Uh, maybe, maybe that clarifies it a little bit for you. So, well, boys and girls, uh, again, if you haven't done so already, coming up to the end of the show, thank you guys for joining me solo today. Uh, we're, you know, hopefully we're going to get another show going on after the, the Keep It Low game against Ike. And then, of course, we have another game coming up next weekend as well. So hit that like button. Subscribe if you don't already. Ha over half of the people that tune into the live shows are not actually subscribed to the show. It's incredible. We get new viewers all the time. New new people that join the audience all the time, guys. If you like if you like this, if you want to to join in on the convo, please subscribe. When we drop the link, join us. Everybody always is shy. I, I had a couple of DMs over the last couple of days asking if we were going to open the lines up. Lines are opened up. Nobody joined me today. You guys are so shy. It's okay. A couple of you will uh, will join in one day. Maybe. Maybe soon. Who knows? But don't forget to do that. Help us grow the, the red and white community. Make it bigger. The show grows every day. More and more people. We love it. And you guys and your comments make us want to continue doing this. So thank you, everyone, for listening, especially for those of you that made it this far. This is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans, bringing you the best content for red and white for Libyakos. We'll see you next time. Yeah,